Welcome everybody to Stake of the Art in Bristol. It's an evening that's been 18 months in the making. An audience with a man who is the fifth all-time top goalscorer for Bristol City on 99 goals. Eight in front of Scott Murray on six. Uh, sorry, in sixth, I should say. Uh, sorry, Scott. Yeah, six goals. Um, twice player of the season in 1985 and 1988. A true fan favourite and Bristol City legend. They say never meet your heroes, and I still haven't met Ricky Gervais. But please welcome Alan Walsh. Thank you. Okay, thanks so much for coming, Alan. So um, move on to the next slide, please, Rich. That was a signal. You missed yeah. that one. Oh, sorry, I thought you just doing that. You no, no, I just said that minutes ago. So, grew up in Hartlepool in 1956. Hopefully that's Hartlepool. That's Seton Crew, Hartlepool. There you go. Yeah, Born to uh, June and John and grew up in Hartlepool in 1956. How was life growing up in Hartlepool? Give us, give us a flavour. And I don't think anyone else here grew up in Hartlepool. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, th thanks for inviting me along tonight. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. Thank, thank you for thank coming. You, thank you. Yeah. Uh, growing up in Hartlepool was, uh, it was good. Yeah. Mean, it was, uh, as you can see there, it's, it's by the sea. We've got some lovely beaches. Uh, Lovely, lovely beaches, lovely sea. Yeah. But the trouble is, it's always cold. Right. <laughs> I've been like in Aberdeen. Yeah. Up that way. Yeah. It's always cold. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think Jeff Stellin was actually obviously from Hartlepool as well, and born a year before you, a year after. Have you, do you know Jeff? I do know Jeff. Yeah? Yes, because he uh, he used to work for uh, Radio Teesside. That's and right. He used to cover the Darlington games. There we are. So. Um, and he didn't have a car, he didn't drive. And when, it, when he went to Darlington, obviously he got there under his own steam. Mm. And after the game, the, the players' bar, I don't know whether anybody's been to Feetham's. Anybody few, been to Feetham's? People have, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there was a cricket pitch in front of the ground. Yeah. So the ground wasn't a big ground. Right. So the players' bar was in the, in the cricket club. Oh, OK. Yeah, so, and it was a walk round. So, when I used to come, the wife used to go to most of the games, especially on the evening games, and they would go. All the, f the, f the kids and the families would be in the mm. in the cricket club after the game, and Jeff was in there. And, and co coincidentally, my wife's father used to work with Jeff at the Hartlepool Mail Office. Okay. Yeah, and um, he brought Jeff home for a tea one night. So, so my wife Sue met Jeff before I did. Oh, uh, okay. So, so she knew Jeff, and he used to wait in the in the uh, in the cricket club. And he lived in a place called Norton, which is just in between Darlington and Hartlepool, near in between Middlesbrough and Stockton. And uh, we used to drop him off on a night after the after the home games. See, so I so thought you so might know Jeff yeah, so in some uh, capacity. Yeah. Um, so so moving on. Um, Obviously, your first club was Middlesbrough. There we yeah, go. Yeah, Thanks, Rich. That was on cue. Was yeah. Beautiful. Tell us, is there some faces in there we might recognise? Yeah. Other uh, than yourself? I don't, yeah, I can recognise me, but I need to put my glasses on to recognise the ones <laughs> um, But there'll be, so, there'll be some good players. There's Graeme Souness in there? Or they gone by then? He might have gone by oh, then. I can't see, yeah, I can't yeah. see Graeme Souness. You put me glasses on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But was there was there any early influences? I think you only made three three plus some cup appearances for yeah, Middlesbrough. Yeah, three substitute appearances. Yeah. Um, David Armstrong. Yeah. David Armstrong. There was uh, Jim Platt was the goalkeeper, and there's Hamid Masengo there. Yeah. Yeah. There was um, David Mills, who was 
record transfer fee at one stage when he went from Middlesbrough to West Bromwich Albion. I think right, it was okay. 500, just over 500,000. That's him at the back behind the middle goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and the rest. Uh, so that was your first, your first football league club. Yeah. Um, what happened at Middlesbrough? Obviously, you were only around for you know a, a season, and then you moved on from there. What, what was the reason for moving on so quickly? Um, when I first went, um, I was serving my time as an apprentice right. and playing for uh, a team called Horden Colliery Welfare in the northern. Heard of them? Yeah. Yeah, which is uh, <laughs> uh, which was uh, like in in them days the northern league was a really tough league. Right. So I was sort of nineteen, coming towards the end of my apprenticeship. Just sort of regressing a little bit. When I was at when I was a schoolboy, sort of 15, 16, I had trials at Middlesbrough and Derby County. Right. And uh, one of, it was one of them situations where we, after the trial, it was like we'll phone you, don't phone us. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and then went and played local football uh, with me with the junior team in Hartlepool, and then steadily. And what I put it down to is um, got with the team. Before before Horden, which the t most of the team played on a Sunday morning in another team, so I was playing Saturday and Sunday, and then this team also trained, but they, they trained on a Wednesday, and, mm. and the and the and the other team trained on a Tuesday. So I was playing two games on a weekend and twice two train two training sessions in a week. So that's what got me fit okay. to. To, to get to that standard and then obviously going back to the, the Horden situation. So I was serving me time, um, little funny story, I was serving me time in the, the, this company and then uh, I was in the canteen one day and this fella comes up to me and he goes, oh, all right, well, she, uh, yeah, he said, uh, he said, are you a few scouts are watching you? I went, oh, are they? He went, yeah, and a few girl guides. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, brilliant. Yeah. So, the Middlesbrough thing came from me playing for Hor uh, for Horden Club right. Welfare, so I got sp spotted again. Two months from finishing my time, mm. they came and said, we want you to come to Middlesbrough for a month's trial. Okay. Jack Charlton was the manager at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Any Jack Charlton stories you yeah, can share? Yeah, was, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so I had to go to the company and say, look, I've got this chance to go to Middlesbrough for a month's trial. And they said fair play to them they were really good about it they said yeah yep. whatever happens whether you, whether you sign or you don't sign after that month you're coming back to finish your time right okay right so obviously went there and played played a few games uh, the only game that Jack Charlton watched me play in was a game against um, South Shields did you play well I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> I can't have done I'll, t I'll, co I'll come to it in a minute so he watched me play this the, the thing with the game was that Jinky Jim Smith I don't know he played for Newcastle he'd, he'd had the sort of uh, finish his career but he could still he still had the ability mm. if you ask anybody up in Newcastle Jinky Jim Smith they, they know straight away who he is and he played for uh, South Shields that night and there was about 5,000 came to watch right. <laughs> where usually they get 500 there was about right. 5,000 came to watch so Jack Charlton was there as well. Go to the go to the end of the month, Middlesbrough, and I had to go into the office, uh, and they're going to tell me the outcome of, of my trial. So in the office was Jack Charlton. There was a chap called Jimmy Greenoff, not the Jimmy Greenoff that uh, was at Stoke right. or Manchester United. He was a, he was he was Jack Charlton's coach. 
There was John Cudding, who was a reserve team coach, and I'd played obviously most of the games with the reserves. Bobby Murdoch played for Celtic, European Cup winner with Celtic. He was the youth team coach. And Harold Shepherdson. Harold Shepherdson was on the bench. He was Alf Ramsey's trainer in the 1966 World Cup. Right. So I'm going in the office and I'm looking around, and Jack Shelton was stood in this He was lent on this filing cabinet. The filing cabinet must have been about six foot tall. And he was at his <laughs> So the f he said, oh, right, oh, well, she, right, he said, I'll be totally blunt. He said, if it was up to me, I wouldn't sign you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so it was like, oof. But, but he said, I've took advice from the coaching staff. They've seen something in you, so we're going to give you a contract. Brilliant. Right. So they all left apart, apart from Harold Shepherdson. So he was like uh, the general manager. He did all the negotiating contracts and stuff like mm. that. So I sat down and he said, uh, Mills were in the, the old first division then. So he said, uh, what's your salary and your apprenticeship? I said, uh, £45 a week. <laughs> He went, we can't give you that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, well, young pros are only on £40 a week. So he said, what do you want to do? It was a, a no-brainer, so yeah. I'm thinking. So uh, I don't think that happened now. I don't think anybody going in, like, especially sort of yeah. Premier League, Brilliant. take a £5 drop in wages to turn professional football. Absolutely. Well, yeah, certainly messy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so from Middlesbrough, you moved to Darlington, and at Darlington, um, 100 goals and named in the Darlington Dream Team a few years back alongside Marco Gabbiadini. All right. Um, so, Darlington, there, you know, that's a lovely diving header there, great yeah. action. Yeah. Um, tell us. Are you sure that's me? Well, <laughs> yeah, it might, must be, must be. It's the hair, I everything. Think I might have missed that ball, I think. <laughs> but um, Darlington, obviously. You know, it must be a, uh, a have a big place in your heart with the number of appearances and number of goals that you um, that you scored for them. Yeah, it has, and it, it's sort of reserve team manager John Codding come up to me in the change room after a training session one day. He said, "Oh, Blackpool have come in for you. Blackpool are in the old second division then." Uh, and he said, "I used to play for Blackpool, um, so I don't know if it was a, he was sort of touting me there." Mm. So he said. Um, They've come in for you. They've, off, they've offered twelve thousand for you, so. But John Neal's turned it down. Okay. A uh, couple of weeks later, he's come back to me and he said, "Oh, Darlington, and Darlington were in the fourth division at that time." Right. Okay. So it's so a slight three so divisions drop. Yeah, and they've offered fifteen thousand, and they've accepted it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you so, I mean there's, there's that that scenario like like. I mean, it's, so you don't it's have water a under the bridge, but it's like you could have been, you could have played like two leagues higher. And yeah. Thing, but it's, it's so you don't have a lot of say in that, then. I mean, you know, them players in them days, um, Joe and Scotty won. You didn't have any say. You were a commodity, really. The mm. club had you, and that was it. And they had you under contract, and you were, you were signed to them. And what was, I can't remember. Well, I'll come come on to it when I came down. That's when the that sort of freedom of contract came into the scenario. Right. Uh, when I came down to City, but the, the, going back to the Darlington days, yeah, I, I was there six seasons, and uh, some the first the first day I, going from Middlesbrough in the first division where it's all everything's taken taken care of. Yeah. I remember uh, Peter Madden was the manager at Darlington when, I, when he signed me on the Thursday, and their first game was Rochdale away on the Saturday. 
good grounding for yeah. being Rochdale away. So he saw me on the Thursday, came into the ground on the morning. Little Kitman was there, rolled this towel up with all the kit and gave me it and said, There you are. Thing. And then he, just as I was walking out, he said, Oh, excuse me. He said, uh, Who are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? He went, Have you got any old shoes that you don't want? He was a bit, you know, and he was a yeah. bit rough and ready. And then Most kit men are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, have you got any old shoes you don't want? I went, uh, well, I might have. So I said, what size are you? He said, well, anything from a 7 to 11. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Brilliant. So, yeah. so, but going back to Darlington, yeah, yeah, yeah signed, for, signed Peter Madden signed me on the Thursday, yeah. played Rochdale on the Saturday, lost, I think we lost 2-1. He was sacked on the Sunday. Oh, God. <laughs> so he, he started, I mean, it was, and at that time for Darlington to s splash out 15,000 was mm. not a great deal, but yeah. it was a lot of for, for the fourth division club. Absolutely. Yeah. And you still keep an eye on, I assume, on Darlington? Yeah, yeah. I, got, yeah I mean, I got an email from uh, their media officer yep. a couple of days ago saying if you're ever up in the northeast, get, get in touch, we'd like you to invite you to a game. Bet they would, like yeah. That, yeah. Absolutely. But I've looked at their on the thing, they're not playing games at the minute. I don't know whether okay. it's COVID or not, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um so nineteen eighty four, the glory years. Right. Um look at that look at that picture. It's yeah. really good H D quality that one. Yeah. Um so you were signed by Terry Cooper and obviously as we know Terry Cooper passed away recently yeah. and um, I know you gave your, your thoughts but um, first yeah. of all let's have a drink to him let's have a drink Terry. drink to Terry Cooper yeah, we need a drink cheers. yeah no, listen yeah, cheers Terry. everyone so how did the move come about first of all the, the move to Bristol well, City it's a long story about it. so I was on holiday with my wife and the two kids and we were in a place called Thirsk in a caravan right. and that season Darlington had turned down a bit of 50,000 from me from Colchester my contract was up and it was that that freedom of contract had just come in but not like it is now it was like it, was, go to, it would go to a tribunal and if the tribunal set a fee and the club couldn't pay it they could back out mm. um, so I'm on, on the, the in Thersk. I don't know whether anybody knows the geography of up there, but da uh, Thersk's, you've got York, Thersk, and then Darlington. So it's 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 virtually in the middle. So we're, in, we're coming towards the end of the holiday, and the fellow that owned the caravan site come no knocking on the door. He said, "No mobile phones in them days." <laughs> yeah. He went. There's a phone call for you, and it was a public phone box. On the ca on the caravan side. Must have known you were there. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like I'm thinking, how the guys. First of all, how do know I'm here? And but it wasn't Terry. It was Br it was Darlington. So we said. So it was the Cyril Knowles was the manager at the time. So he said we've had a bid in for you. Going back to the end of the contract. Mm. So I'd I'd, uh, I'd scored 99 goals for them. Uh, 100 yeah. goals for them. Yeah. Sorry, and contract come to an end and they didn't want to renew it no they wanted to renew it but they, but they didn't, didn't want to give me any right that was it they just wanted it. to renew it that was it okay so I, I mean i wasn't too happy no so um so knows right he said we've had a bidding for us how'd you get this how'd, how'd you know where i was 
<laughs> and he wouldn't tell me. Now he chipped, uh, I reckon. Uh, yeah, so he said, uh, can you come into the ground? Me and the chairman want to speak to you. So, so he didn't say who the bid was from or anything like that. So, you cut, the, cut the holiday, cut the holiday short. Yeah, did. He had a, two days. We had a quick shot. So we got, <laughs> so we got, got in the car, drove to Darlington, which is forty-five minutes. All right, away. not too far. No, then. not too far. So we've gone into the ground. The chairman's in there, and Cyril Nords is in there. And so I'm sat down. Yeah, we've had a bid in from Plymouth. I'm thinking Plymouth. <laughs> said uh, thirty thousand. We turned it down. Right. And I'm now waiting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Next we one. Turn it down. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No. No. Like, so that was well, it. We're get, that was it. So there was yeah. no bid from Bristol. I was expecting the the no, bid. No. No. This hasn't come yet. So he says we've turned it down. So I said, well, what? So the chairman got up and walked out. And Cyril Knowles. Thanks for letting me know. Thanks for letting <laughs> me know. So Cyril Knowles. <laughs> yeah. Cyril Knowles said I, he was he was he was great. So he's he's gone as well now. Passed on. So oh. he he said, look. Leave it with me. I'll, I'll do my best. He said, "What would what would you want?" Because I still lived in Hartlepool, so mm. it's like. So he said, "What do you want? If if I can get some, what if, if you want, if I can get you a sign, what do you want?" And I had a crappy car, and I said, "Look." And the chairman, he had like <laughs> supermarkets, but he had cars that mm. his staff were riding by. So he said, uh, "I said, look, get, if if you get me a car just to drive, I'll sign." Right. <laughs> So, any car. left. <laughs> yeah. So I left, went home, was in the house half an hour, phone rang, Terry Cooper. Ah. Now I knew, t I first met Terry at Middlesbrough. Okay. Yeah, so, and um, so he said, uh, where have you been? I've been trying to, I've been ringing this number for days. I yeah. said, I've been on my holidays. <laughs> he said, right, I'm at Bristol City. I want you to come down here. We'll give you this and give you that. And, and a car? No car. <laughs> <laughs> no, there weren't that, no. So I was being, I would be a little bit better off, but not much. <laughs> so he said, uh, Is that, does that sound all right? I said, yeah, great. He said, right, leave it with me. Put the phone down. An hour later, he rang again, picked the phone up. He said, right, I phoned Darlington. I've offered them 5,000. They want 85. Okay. They want 85. Yeah, they want 85. It's going to a tribunal. I said, all right. And I'm thinking, no, the tribunal will be a couple of weeks. So this was Thursday, mm. tribunal Tuesday, Main Road, Manchester. Right. So me and the me and the wife sort of Tuesday went up the Main Road, and the, the old ground at Main Road, you had to go up the steps to the main entrance. So we went in there, and there was other tribunals on at the same time, and in, in, oh, right. just when just doing the Bristol City one. <laughs> um, so we walked up the steps and. Terry was there with Les Q and the secretary, and Cyril Knowles was there with his chairman and his secretary. And I think, oh, we're right. You just stood so in the said, middle. Good morning, good morning, <laughs> and so walked past them and sat down. And the tribunal format was that I went in and said why I wanted to leave Darlington and why I wanted to go to Bristol City. Then the two clubs went in and they, they had to discuss why Bristol City had offered five. Right. Why Darlington wanted 85. Right, okay. At the same time, Tommy Doherty, the old Manchester United manager, he was there, I think he was, I can't remember, he was trying to sign John Burridge, whether it was for Wolves or Queen's Park Rangers, one of the two, I can't remember. So he knew Terry. So as I'm, as I'm walking into the 
to go and speak to them. He was like, he was coming out. So he went, oh, I tell you, he said, uh, what are you doing here? He said, oh, I'm trying to sign the lad Walsh from Darlington. <laughs> he went, uh, what have you offered? He said, 5,000. He said, what do they want? He went, 85. He said, I've got a bit of advice for you when you go into the tribunal. Tell them you want to buy the player, not the club. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what, what was the figure that was settled on then? Well, the fi so I, I came out and then they went in and then everybody, they came out and then they discussed the, the thing. So there was... Graeme Kelly, who was the uh, Football League yep. uh, secretary, um, chairman of the PFA, was there, and another couple of couple of people was on, they were on the panel. So they went, they discussed it. Then we all went back in, sat round the table, and uh, they said we discussed this quite a bit. And he said uh, we're going to set the fee at eighteen thousand. Okay. Going back a little bit, Terry said if it goes over twenty thousand, we can't sign you. Okay. So, so obviously that. Uh, so that's it. Yeah. So I wasn't too bothered about that because I knew they'd all turn two bids down. Yeah. Thing. So whatever, the, wherever the bid was, that I knew there was there might be somebody else might might come in. Yeah. Not that I wanted to leave Darlington. It was no. just no, one absolutely. of those situations, and it was. Uh, so, as he said, eighteen thousand. The chairman of Bristol City stood up and banged his hand on the table, and he says, "Is that the final decision?" Yeah. And then he walked out. And then Cylinders walked out, and then we went for a for a meal in in Manchester, and, uh, and the rest is out, history. That's the rest is that's his history. So you moved down south, down yeah. to Bristol, um, and can you remember your debut? I think we debut. Um, I expect there are some people here. I think that it was were, Wigan, uh, Wigan at, at home. I think in yeah. the league. I played in a couple of pre-season friendlies. Mm. Um, I think we played uh, we played Wim Chelsea, Wimbledon. I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you carry on, Rich. Carry on. Oh, that was my uh, debut as a ball boy. It is. All You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's quite a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. That's his claim to fame. Yeah. That's his claim to fame. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. She's a legend. Yeah. 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 So, but I think me first, me obviously the the main debut was again. I think we played Wigan at home. It was two two. I think. Right. In terms of um, initiations and things like that, did that happen? Back in 1984, you know, like like nowadays, we've got Scott Murray and Joe Joe Burnell here, Bristol City players. I'm yeah. sure there were some initiations. Actually, I remember I asked Joe, and he didn't really have one because there wasn't enough time, was there? Yeah. No, but um, I'm sh sure there were others. But was there anything like that going no, on back there in the was day? Nothing like that. I remember Scott when uh, Gary Johnson was the manager. All the new players had to come in and sing a song. Scott, yeah. didn't they? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, come in. No, there was nothing, nothing like that. So you I came can't in. Sing anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> We'll put it to the test later. Um, so you, you came in uh, 84 and the 84-85 season, your player of the year. So it's, it's, it's a great start for your Bristol City career. Yeah, well, going back to the uh, the meal after the tribunal, Terry, obviously Terry Cook was there, Les Q and uh, the secretary, and obviously we, they were talking about football. And I said, Obviously, you're talking about your contract, and mm. obviously, you're thinking in, in the future. And I'm saying about obviously like a, another contract. And he said, "Oh, do you, he said if you score 30 goals, he said we'll give you another, we'll give you another contract." Okay. And and he went, he went. Uh, 
And I went, 30 goals. I said, that, that's, he said, yeah, well, you're going to be... Yeah, I mean, Darlington were fourth division. Bristol City had just been promoted. He said, uh, you're going to be playing with better players, so you've got a chance to score on 30 goals. So this was uh, League... Big th carrot. This was uh, <laughs> Division 3 when you so signed. So League 1 three. in, yeah. new, in yeah. new Money. Yeah. So yeah. I got... You I mean, he must have been panicking at one stage because I got a 28. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So looking at this picture, obviously we can pick out some... Any, who were the big characters in the dressing room back in uh, 84, 85 season? Well, you had uh, people like um, Keith Kerr, I think he'd just come. He was, he, although he was quiet lad, Keith, he was, yeah. I mean, he sort of, Teddy Cooper had sort of transformed his career from a winger to a defender. Right. Quickest thing I've ever seen over, over 10 yards. Yeah. I mean, Ever so, and uh, <laughs> there was Forbes, Phillips, and Masters. John Shaw. Uh, you mean some of the some of the greats? Tom Ritchie. Yeah. Was in there. Yeah. I mean some of the. Some of the but it was a, it was a good it was a good group. That good bunch. The main thing. Yeah, good it bunch. It was a good bunch. Brilliant. Um, moving on, Rich. So 1986, the Wembley final. Oh. There you are showing your uh, showing your medal. We're yeah. just going to play a quick video. Hit that one, Rich, and then we'll do your memories of Wembley. Yes. Now it was all city. The nerves had gone, and this bloated cross found Pritchard and Farmer needed to make a good save to deny the Robins. Well, that sort of pressure had to pay off, and it did in the 44th minute. The throw into Curl, the super centre, and Bobby Hutchinson went up. Farmer fumbled, Riley did the rest. And a move on the left. Neville shot, Farmer fumbles, Pritchard scores. Space and put in the perfect cross, and just watch out for the flying Riley. Riley's second goal and his celebration antics cost him a sudden bout of cramp. Lots of pain, but he didn't matter. Bobby Hutchinson, no one's celebrating, but it's a saint and He gave it a jolly good kiss and then showed it to his fans. <laughs> chance to see a medal, Alan Wolfe's grabbing the match ball as well. So a couple of questions, how did you get the match ball? <laughs> well the referee was from the North East. <laughs> Darlington fan. It, it might have been. Uh, so just at the end of the game, really, Glyn Riley should have got the ball, but he, he didn't think that, you know, if yeah. he'd got another goal, he'd, he'd definitely got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, so I just went up to him and said... Um, any chance of having yeah, the ball? Any chance of having the ball? Uh, you still yeah. got it? I've still got it. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Gary, Mar Gary Marshall was a cabinet maker, 
he made me a little <laughs> case for it and yeah. uh, still got it. Substitute, Gary Marshall. Yeah. So there's the starting 11. Yeah. Obviously 54,000 people at Wembley. Yeah. Was that your first Wembley appearance? It was, yeah. It was. How, yeah. Was, the, how was it? Was it everything you ever dreamt of? Yeah, well, we went up and trained on the pitch uh, the day before and that was, I mean, that would have been, that right. would have been enough for me. I mean, just to go to the, go to Wembley and see that and actually get on the pitch. It was like, it was great. And yeah. I remember Teddy. It's like we were t we trained first, and Bolton were coming on after us, and we were doing a bit of shooting practice. And uh, Teddy said, "Like, come on, let's show these lot." Like, what a thing! And the balls were going all over the place. They must have thought, "Yeah, we've got this." It was tomorrow. a decoy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But to be fair to Bolton, we could have been two or three down in the first ten or fifteen minutes. I mean, mm. Like, I think they hit the bar a couple of times and. And uh, I think Mark Gavin in the Mark Bolton Gavin team as well. Yeah. Mark Gavin in the yeah, Bolton so team. He's yeah. a Hartley, Hartley, well, he's partly Scottish, but he's from Hartlepool. Yeah, Mark Gavin. Absolutely. There's a couple of names in there, obviously, as well. Um, so one, just pick out David Moyes, and yeah. with Steve McLaren coming uh, a couple of years later. Did you ever ever think that they would be managers at the top of their game? I they were all like students of the game. I think you could tell with the, with the players. I mean, sort of. Especially when Joe Jordan was the manager, when obviously Terry, Terry stepped down and Joe took over. Um, I think there's a lot of, when you see bits, clips on the telly, Joe's sort of with his arm around Steve McLaren and right. chatting to him and stuff like that. Uh, not so much with, with Moisey, but I think yeah, you could you could tell that like that they they had something different. You know what I mean? It's okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, Rich, move move on through. Um, so 1986. What was it like when mascots? You know, you had to help help the mascots warm up. Was, did, was that something you enjoyed? Yeah. Who was the mascot? Was he here Play tonight? <laughs> so that is uh, Julian down the end there. Yeah. Julian. Made his day. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah. yeah I used to, I used to, well, there was no. Like, like we said earlier, there was like, you mean, there was like... There's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's where the British Jamaican comes in. Yeah. yeah. So you're Derek, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there we go, though. I modelled myself on you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like nowadays, it's completely different with the mascot because they will just literally run on the pitch, run straight off. Yeah. No, back in that day, and when I was mascot a few years later, you get to train with the pitch on, yeah, players on the pitch to start. Well, there was no, there was no, the warm up before. There was no organisation like they do now. You know I mean it's like there's, so I, I always went out and sort of, if the mascot came yeah. along, great. So and he used to like, I used to warm Keith Waffle. Yeah. That was my, you mean, which was like. Absolutely. Well, we'll see, we'll see that now as Rob Newman comes bondering yeah. out the, uh, out the tent changing rooms. Yeah, they're coming through in a minute. Yeah. yeah there you look. go, warming up Keith Woff with yeah, the mascot. You yeah. wouldn't see that nowadays, would you? Yeah. There you go, look. He's got a better left foot than me. <laughs> Both left footers. Yeah, yeah look. Do you reckon that's you, Dean? <laughs> Brilliant. It's a so, bit, what's this bit game? The game? It's York, isn't it, Jim? York. 1986. There he is. It's a penalty, I reckon. 
Like the old ground as well. Have you been? You've been down to see Ashton Gate's yeah, new, yeah, new glory. Yeah, just. Uh, you I mean it's changed a good bit, but all for the good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll come on to in a minute. We'll come on to some some of your goals. And I noticed that there's quite a lot of right foot as much as there is left foot. You Are you sure it's me? Yeah, well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's you. But, um, yeah, there's there's at least three or four right-footed goals, right. but you're predominantly left-footed. Yeah. But you, is that one of your one of your tools to your... strings to your bow that you were able to shoot with both feet? Yeah, well, sort of, after training, sort of, most days, me and Keith Wolf would go out into the, uh, the, the car park on Winterstoke Road. A great story there from Alan Walsh about how he practiced with his left and his right foot, which for anyone listening who's getting into football is always something that is a precious commodity. Um, I'm talking over this bit because it is using the, the song Life of Riley and I didn't want that to cause a problem with the recording. Um, so this is a montage of Alan Walsh goals, assists, shuffles, etc., that's available on our YouTube channel, which we've just started using a bit more. So go over to YouTube, Three Peeps, P-E-A-P-S, in a podcast. Um, and also it will be on the Twitter page with a link to that. So at 3PIAPC on Twitter. And who knows, I may well put it on Instagram as well. But a variety of goals. And yeah, it amazed me looking back how many he did score with his right foot. Um, so yeah, it's great to see. For those who haven't listened to Three Peeps in a podcast before, I'm going to take this opportunity to do a bit of an advert. So uh, the podcast started back in 2015. Myself, uh, Rich Brown, who was in attendance at at this event, and also Mike Pedley, um, who sadly passed away last year, started the podcast back then. And it was the three of us having a conversation, really, and uh, merged into uh, the various different avenues from there. We would get guests on. We would go and review places um, and started getting, you know, some some really good traction. Um, It wasn't until uh, a couple of years ago that the bonus show started, which is post-match reaction to Bristol City Games. Myself, Matt Withers, who writes in the the Bristol Live and and the Evening Post, uh, the fans column. Um, We met at Sound of the City on Jeff Twentyman and decided that we would do our own post-match reaction show. So saying a little bit more and expanding on some of the things we were saying on on the Jeff Twentyman show. Um, And we get a different guest on every week. So um, if you you want to get involved, drop us a line on Twitter um, and we'll find a slot, hopefully, for you to come on uh, the podcast. Also, on top of that, we've got Robin's Reunited. So we're into the ninth episode now, I think, of Robin's Reunited. So far, we've had on the show... Uh, as he draws to his notes, we've had uh, the opening one was was Joe Bennell and Danny Coles. Then we had Gary Hours and Rob Edwards, John Clayton and David Horseman, uh, Lewis Carey, Scott Murray and Tony Thorpe all in one episode. That was, um, you know, a bumper Easter special. Um, Steve Phillips and Matty Hill, Brian Tinian and Mickey Bell. Um, uh, we had Alex Russell and Jamie McComb. And most recently, we had Lee Peacock and Lee Matthews. So, yeah, there's some great stories coming out of those those podcast episodes. And, yeah, we were talking about past, past memories, goals they scored, um, important matches for them, and then what they're up to now. I think, uh, you know, there's been so many, so many players over, over my tenure of watching, which is, you know, almost 34 years now. 
Um, so getting those guys back together and hearing their memories of Bristol City and and uh, discussing that. But, uh, well, we're going to let you get back to the event with Alan Walsh now. Um, we're going to go on to talk a bit more about Bristol City and then on to his time at Besiktas. So over back to me at Stake of the Art in Bristol, which please do check that out. It's down on Millennium Square and the food is absolutely top drawer. Everyone had a great meal. So back to Stake of the Art in Bristol. A few, a few legends in there. Yeah. And then in character format as well. So the Walshy Shuffle, tell us about it. Where did it come from? Did you invent it? I, no, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't invent it. Uh, there, was a, there was a lad at Middlesbrough um, called Graham Headley. Um, he was in that, in that photo right. earlier on. Um, that I saw him do it. Okay. But I don't know who he got it off, but Glenn Roder, I, yeah. I remember Glenn Roder, he used to do, but he was a defender, centre half, and he used to do coming out. He used to come out the back and do the step, do the step over and get right. go into midfield. So, but I don't know whether he, which whichever, did it first. I don't know. But I got. Well, I, I think you should claim it yeah. personally. So I got. I sort of uh, took it from Gra Graham Headley, really. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I'm going to throw it open to uh, the audience a little bit now. Has anyone got any? Questions for Alan. Richard. I read this and I wonder if it's a true story. When you signed for City, did Terry and Clive act as your removal men? They did. When you moved on. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. That's true. Isn't yeah, so I went off, obviously signed, and then I was in digs in, uh, in Bedminster and uh, Southville. So I was in there for about six months and eventually got the house sold and everybody was, uh, they were all coming down. So that, obviously we lived in Hartlepool, uh, for another funny story. So my dad and my mum took Sue, well, my mum was coming down with Sue and the kids to, to help out. So we packed all of, Terry came up with Clive to Hartlepool, packed the high right van that it obviously got. <laughs> When High Right used to be there, yeah. and uh, we got the, everything packed up in the uh, in the van. So me mum, me dad, kid Sue, and the kids went to Darlington to get the train down to Bristol. So they get to Darlington, put the me dad's getting everybody on the train, <laughs> getting all the cake, putting the cases on and stuff like that getting them all settled in and the train started to went off <laughs> he's parked the car in Darlington station and he's having to go to York the next stop's York to get to get off to come back <laughs> in the meantime we traveling down to um, to Bristol and by the time we got that to, to Clevedon where we, where we were moving to it was pitch black so got to got to the the house, it was a brand new house, got to, the, got to the house, went in, put the switch down, no lights, no bulbs in the, so I've gone two's door down and knocked, knocked on the door, like, from the North Sea, the people are quite friendly, you know, they answer the door to you and stuff like that, so I've knocked on the door and the door's opened a little bit like that, and uh, I've said, we've just moving in a couple of doors down and we've haven't got the putting the lights putting the lights on there's no bulbs <laughs> door shut 
Brilliant. So, so we unloaded the van in the dark. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> this is quite unfortunate. Try and soak everything up, defend, defend with your lives, and yeah. hopefully we can snatch him one. And we did. You know, I mean, it was, uh, it was. Unfortunately, John Pender. Yeah, his own goal. I mean, John Pender is so, quite is, a strong character himself. Yeah, how, did, did, yeah. how did he take that? Did he uh, take was, it to he heart? Was, uh, <laughs> no, he, was, he didn't. Well, on the outside, it didn't look. It didn't look like he took it to heart. You know, what I mean, mm. but who knows on the inside? It's, yeah. it's, it's just one of the, it's just one of them. Things, Absolutely. But yeah, that 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 was the last the last minute yeah. to get that try and get that um, goal to take you through. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah you know, everyone knows knows what happens. Here's here's yeah. a here's a replay from inside the goal. Yeah. No, it goes through his legs. Look, the keeper's yeah. like that. Look, look. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, 
And this is, is this the goal? This is the this is the goal. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only thing that was going to beat Keith Woff for a shot like that on the day. Yeah. yeah. And he sort of. That was quite. Deservedly got man of the match. Yeah. Yeah. So. Way into extra time as yeah, well. Yeah. And that's when uh, Brian Clough was. Uh, they were, they were top team, they? Yeah, absolutely. So some great, some great memories there, Rich. Yeah. Maybe moving on. I've got a funny, like, go uh, on. Over the years, you mean sort of when I was at school. Yeah. Um, that first junior school I played for, Brian Clough and Peter Taylor were manager and, and trainer at Hartlepool right. at that oh, time. Right. So that was, I think, that was about 1966, 67. Okay. And Peter Taylor's son played in goal for the school team. Right. right. So and then I had trials at Derby a few years later. And Brian and uh, we went down with another lad called Ray Gooden, who we both played for the same junior team. And Ray Gooden played for Bristol City in the in the period where just after the Ashton Gate eight, he came right. down on loan from Coventry. Okay. So he had two players from St James's Football Club in Hartlepool played for Bristol City. Mm. And um, we went, met Brian Clough again at the, he came and he brought Alan Hinton can you remember Alan, Alan Hinton who played sure for Derby so we, yeah sure played for Derby scored a lot of goals and, and he came to the hotel and, he, and Brian Clough brought him and he sat down had a meal with us and everything Brian Clough went in and the next day we had the trial and everything and then going back to Darlington met Brian Clough again Darlington were going through a bit of a financial hard time. Uh, there's a chap called Billy Elliot who was the manager. Billy Elliot? Billy Elliot, not the, <laughs> not the ballet dancer. Uh, and this Billy Elliot used to play uh, for Sunderland. Right. And then he was coach at Sunderland under Bob Stokoe when they won the Cup in 73, the FA Cup in 73. He became Darlington manager. And... Brian Clough played for Sunderland, so there must have been obviously a connection there. And Brian Clough uh, brought his team up as a fundraiser to Darlington. We played them uh. as a fundraiser, and it was like that was the European Cup winning team. Oh wow! So after after the game, somebody had put some bottles of beer in the change room. I don't know, never. So like, I've come out the change room, walking down the corridor, and I'm drinking this bottle of beer. Brian Clough's coming the other way. So he said, were you the number 10? I went, yeah. He said, if you could cross the cross field passes like that all the time, you'd be playing in the first division. Yeah. I said, I do <laughs> cross field passes like that all the time. He went, well, I've got a bit of advice for you. And I went, what's that? He went, don't drink out of bottles. Oh, why? <laughs> Blimey. What did he drink out of? Glasses no, 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 and stuff? <laughs> but that, that's you I mean I'm, I'm, th I'm waiting for the thing I'm, I've yeah. got a bottle of beer drinking it and he's talking to me and he's yeah. like thinking like, like and he's, but I'll put him in his place yeah <laughs> brilliant so the move away from Bristol City obviously very sad and on 99 goals didn't quite make it to 100 yeah how did that how did that come about how did it happen obviously moving into Besiktas well, not getting to 100 goals is partly my fault because I missed four penalties, I think, <laughs> one, on the trot at one stage. Um, two, in, two in one game. Well, fortunately, we won the game 4-0, so it wasn't away at Fulham, so it didn't, right. didn't matter a lot. Um, but So get, not getting to 100 goals was entirely down. That was my fault. No, no. Um, but the Beshitash move came 
same again. Contract was contra contract was up. Yeah. The difference was um, Joe Jordan, the manager at the time, uh, had offered me a, a three-year contract, and I was I think I was 32 or 33 at the time, so it was uh, it was, a, it was a, a decent offer, but I felt mm. it wasn't it wasn't enough. Right. Because Scott obviously scored 99 goals yeah. and things, so it was one of them situations. So um, I was under that freedom of contract, and I could have went. Um, I spoke to Bobby Gould, who sort of lived in Portishead at the time. Right. He was at Wimbledon okay. in the first division, yeah. and um, he said, "He said, look, we'll let you train at Bristol City two or three days a week." Get the train up to, to London, train with us on a Friday, play the game, and then okay. go back. So that was the thing. So that that was an, an offer. I'd also went up to Sunderland to speak speak to Sunderland, um, Roker Park. Did you ever play at Roker Park, Scott? Joe, did you play at Roker Park? What, uh, yeah, F fantastic ground. You know, even when you know, if you it was there, even when it's empty, it's like mm. you know, so. I had the chance. Dennis Smith was the manager. Yeah. Um, so I had the chance to go to had the chance to go to Sunderland, um, Walsall. Um, John Barnwell was the manager at Walsall. Went up to speak to John Barnwell. They'd made me financially. They'd made me the best offer Walsall. I think they'd just been relegated okay. out of the. Obviously, they'd gone up because we they beat us in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so they'd they'd come they'd come back down, and. Gordon Milner was the manager of Besiktas at the time. It sort of, he rang me up and said, "Look, um, I've had a recommendation from David Pleat because David Pleat co-commentated on the the live game against oh, what, Forest. The, yeah, right, okay. And he was looking for a a, a, a left-sided player, mm. and David Pleat recommended me to Gordon Milner. Came came from that, and, and there was no pressure. I mean, when he when he first rang, he said, "I'm I'm in Istanbul. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking deserts and camels for some reason." Warsaw, you know I mean? it was, it was like Warsaw 1980, to 1989. I'm thinking, oh dear, oh dear. So, and uh, I come off the phone and, and said to the wife, and we had obviously four kids at the time. So, she, and she went, "I'll go." <laughs> <laughs> Even if you weren't. Yeah, if I wouldn't, I'll go. Yeah, so, so. He rang back a few days late and he said, "Have you discussed it with your wife?" And I said, "Yeah, she's she's quite keen and things." So he said, "Well, the best thing to do is to come over." And it's not like these days when you can jump on EasyJet and stuff like yeah. that. So he said, "You come over." I said, uh, "You." He said, "He said you buy your tickets <laughs> <laughs> to come over." And the tickets at that were like four hundred quid each return. Wow. At that time, you know, I mean, I'm talking yeah. eighty-nine, which was like yeah. quite a bit of money, and yeah. we, we didn't have a lot. Yeah. So. He said, "You, he said, you buy, you get the tickets, come over. Bring a receipt. We'll we'll put we'll put you up. Yeah, everything. <laughs> we'll put we'll put we'll we sort everything out, and you can come and have a look at the schools and the um the, like the accommodation where you're going to live and stuff like that. Watch the game. They were in their they were in the Turkish Cup final, the second leg against Fenerbahce, and it was the end of June. And uh, so." And at the meantime, John Barnwell's phoned me up. And he said, thing, and I've told him about the best dashes. And mm. he managed in Greece. Right. John Barnwell. He said, be very wary. He said, because they put you in the best hotels, they look after you. They'll do everything for you while you while you while you looking yeah. round and stuff like that. So he said, just just be wary. So we went to got, got to Istanbul, 
got off the plane, went into the thing, got old bags, came out, and Gordon Mill's son came to pick us up. He said, I'm taking you to the hotel because they were, this was, I think this was Thursday and they were playing on the Sunday in this right. cup final. So he said, oh, my dad's in, my dad's in camp. He'll, he'll see you sort of either tomorrow or the next day. So went to the, went to the hotel, the Hilton in Istanbul. That time was the best hotel. <laughs> looked over the, the stadium. The, the hotel was here and the stadium was there. So mm. I looked over the stadium, over the Bosphorus. So we went in, but we couldn't. We didn't go through the front reception area. He said, "I've got to take you round the back, God. through the like tradesmen's entrance." <laughs> so we had to go through the yeah, through the kitchen, through the tradesmen to the service lift and up the thing and into the room. We got in the room and there's a big bouquet of flowers and there's a big <laughs> bowl, big bowl of fruit in the room. And uh, he said, "I'll come back for you later, and we'll go. We'll go for something to eat up the Bosphorus." This is you and, and your wife. Yeah, me, me and Sue. Yeah, so we got so he come back and uh, later and he went out. He said we can't go out the front door. He said all the press are there waiting. And you know I'm thinking yeah right door. <laughs> so he said we'll have to go out. We'll have to go the, like out the same way as we came in. So we gone down out went for something. Came back came back the thing thing. Same the next day. Same the next day to the yeah. to thing. We were going out going out look at schools and. Apartments and stuff like yeah. that. Back in, been seen this. Been there two days. Hadn't seen the front of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so, the third day, this is is the get game of the, the day of the game. Yeah. So, we just we were walking down. So we had to go out, out the back way. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just jumping the gun. The third day, Gordon Mill came to the hotel, and he was in the. Uh, I had to go and speak to him and say how was it been and all that yeah, and yeah. thing and then he went off and thing and I came back. So it's day of the game and uh, we walked down to the stadium and the stadium was just a stadium. There's nothing in them days it was just a, like there was the changing rooms mm. where the sort of hierarchy went, they had a room somewhere, but the rest it was just a, it was just like seats, terrace, uh, changing rooms and the stadium was like the stand went out and you could walk under the stand right, right away around the pitch so we went in the in the door um, the players entrance went in the door and went under the pitch and walked all the way around the pitch to where the the directors and then we had mm. to come up these steps to the to the into the into the seating area mm. when we got to these steps there was about 20 photographers oh, right. at the bottom of the steps taking photos and stuff like that Unbelievable, right. ah, yeah. Unbelievable. So you mean it, that, so, so they, them all that. So usually there's like a photographer and a, and a reporter. So like if there's twenty, you got forty people there, mm. yeah. and the, them forty people are on the training ground every day as well. Right. So like somebody goes down injured on the training ground, they're there before yeah. the physio, taking <laughs> pictures, and <laughs> trying to get the, yeah. get a uh, report off one of the players. Wow. Why? So the, you move, the move to Besiktas goes through two seasons. I think you had two uh, league titles in that time as well. Yeah. So yeah. a successful, a successful it, it, time. It was, it, but it 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 didn't start to well. It started okay. So I, sc I scored a couple on me on me debut for Besiktas, which Always sort of good. eased it a little yeah. bit. Then uh, luckily for me, well, as it went, luckily for me, I got injured, so I didn't play in the next game, and so. And at that time in Turkey, there was four big teams. 
there was Fenerbahce, who were the, probably the biggest and the richest, yep. and Galata, Galatasaray. Yeah. All these sort of like second to Fenerbahce, then Besiktas, yep. who was, which was always known as the worker man's team. Okay. And then you got Trabs on sport, yep. which is like going up to Newcastle, like and it was like right out, right miles away, and like always hard to go. And like, so there were the f four big teams. Yeah. So the start of the season, you had a, like a, the three the three big teams in Istanbul had a competition, the Sports Writers Cup, and we won that. Mm. We won that, and then uh, the, the season started. And we start the league as like two first games scored a couple of goals on my debut, which is easy thing. Then got had a slight injury, so didn't play in the next couple of games. Mm. And we played a team called Saria, which was it was like outside just outside of Istanbul, but it was like a little fishing village. Right. And they in them, in them days they could change because their ground because anywhere you went in Turkey you had usually you had more supporters than the home team if you're away because everybody in Turkey supported one of them four teams. Okay. So you had more. So they switched the game to our stadium. Oh, so right. and the beat Besiktas and, and the thing. So it's, wow. so after the game we go out the door onto the coach and there's like few thousand supporters like baying for blood <laughs> <laughs> even if you played or not it didn't matter I can imagine. so like so the the training ground was about a 15 minute drive to the from the stadium so we had to go back and we got got back to the training ground up where the cars were parked police are there and everything another th couple of thousand supporters there at the training ground not happy so eventually got away and got go home and off Sunday and come in Monday and the training ground the, the main pitch had a big fence around it and so you could supporters could there was a little area for supporters where they could watch and if you like the big games if you were playing some like the Fenerbahce's on a, on a, on a Saturday or Sunday sometimes you're getting three and four thousand supporters just watching your train well this day going on the Monday after the game that we just lost to this fishing village <laughs> there was about two or three thousand supporters in this little stand and we were training and like I remember we were doing a crossing infinity and I was like on the on the side of the thing and they're like pelting you with everything, stones thrown through the fence and stuff like Quite a tense time in We didn't lose a game after that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Quite a tense time in Turkey. Yeah. Um, last slide I think Rich for a bit of Q&A and, uh, and you well, that was bad in Turkey yeah. yeah so what went wrong oh no no <laughs> all went wrong <laughs> I made some notes but I never mentioned Bristol Rovers in the notes <laughs> no no it's, it's um, unfair unfair yeah. no, but, but um, you know, it come back to Bristol thing, yeah the thing is like I, I had sort of two spells at Bristol Rovers once yeah. as the football and the community officer yeah and once as a, the under 18 coach and it is a lovely uh, Obviously, it's changed a bit now, but yeah. it, it was a, a lovely club. It was people just, I mean, they got on and they did mm. things, and it was like if you had to muck in, you had to muck in. So, was the door not open for you to come back and do similar at Bristol City? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. No, I did the sort of the playing and that yeah. the spell where I sort of, I mean, the second time I was there nearly 12 years, yeah. uh, working through the academy and mm. then up with the first team. And then when you're with the first team, you mean, you're always on a knife edge, you know. Yeah. It's like, luckily, I spent seven seven seasons with the first team, 
yeah. and that's a long time in, in, in football Absolutely. but you know, you know that that's going to come to an end at Sunday yeah. because a, a manager is going to come in who wants to bring his own staff in and everything mm. like that so. yeah. but we had you mean Scott we had some good times didn't we Joe you mean you mean I was, I was when Joe was there I was sort of mainly with the academy but Scott he, we were with the first team and yeah. you mean that that Wembley against Hull you mean it's like yeah yeah, no. no highlights of that game. No. <laughs> um, before we finish, we've got food coming in a minute or two. Any for any questions? Obviously, we, we can you can ask questions during the meal whenever. But um, any questions for on air, Joe? Yeah. So you had a long career, Walshie. Of that long career, what was your favourite time? At which club? Which club? Uh, yeah, I think it had to be Bristol City that time uh, when we went. That when we went to Wembley, not when, when I first came, it was like it sort of that was the team that got promoted out of the fourth division into the third division, and then Terry and Clive Middlemas started bringing like players in, and and that and that sort of co like coincidentally came with that Wembley appearance, you know. Um, with the Wembley, I mean the Wembley appearance saved our season that season because that was the, that was the second season. Uh, I would say the first season we just missed out on uh, there was no playoffs when I that, that when I first came eighty four to eighty five there was no playoffs yeah, it was right. just the first three went up and we just we just we had a good season we mm. just missed out yeah and then the second season I think we had a horrendous start we got we got a few wallopins at, at places and then uh, we got to the I mean that that progressed that freight rover yeah and uh, that, that saved the season and then. The, the second one, second. Yeah. I think I scored 28 the first season and 26 the second season. I think 26 or 25 uh, the second season. And, uh, so great return for someone who was predominantly on the you know left wing. Yeah, I did. I did play up. Did up play front. up top as well. Yeah, there was a thing in the paper once when he said. Uh, like Terry Cooper sort of like something like this, I must have spoke to a journalist and he put. Yeah. Him in, I want to play up front. <laughs> yeah. That was it. I don't think I've played again up front. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, plenty of time for questions, but we're going to end the recorded part of the podcast there. So just say thank you so much for coming. Um, give him a round of applause, everyone, please. <laughs> so a big thank you to Alan Walsh for coming down to Stake of the Art. The, the feedback from, from the people in the audience was that uh, yeah, he was such a humble man, um, absolutely a gentleman. He got up and shook everyone's hands that came in, had pictures, and, yeah, an all-round absolute legend. Great to have Scott Murray and Joe Bunnell there as well as ex-players, as well as friends and family um, and friends of the podcast. So that's it for now. We'll be back uh, Sunday morning with our reaction to the Cardiff game on the bonus show um, and more to come thereafter. So again, thanks for listening. Please do uh, like, share and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at 3PIAPC. That is our main channel, but we're also on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Take care.